and welcome to Postcards from Heron County, a podcast that delves into some of the heritage of Ontario's West Coast. I'm your host, Mandy Sinclair, and since returning to the area after 20 years away, I have enjoyed rediscovering the county and wanting to know more about the history of the region as I set out exploring the trails, small towns, and more. So I'm inviting you to listen in as I sit down to chat with historians and community members who have a close connection to the topic in question. Before we start, I would like to acknowledge that I am recording at Faux Pop Studios in Goderidge, which is on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, and Neutral Peoples. I recognize the First Peoples' continued stewardship of the land and water, and that this territory was subject to the Dish with One Spoon wampum, under which multiple nations agreed to care for the land and resources by the Great Lakes in peace. I would also like to acknowledge and recognize the Upper Canada Treaties signed in regards to Huron County, as settlers know it, which include Treaty 29 and Treaty 45 and a half. On today's episode, I'm joined in studio with playwright Severin Thompson and by telephone Donna Govier about Thursday night wing nights at the boot and the play Severin directed of the same name at the Blythe Festival. Severin wrote the play alongside Georgina Beattie, Graham Cuthbertson, Marion Day, Nathan Howe, Tony Munch, and Dan Roberts. All right. Thank you so much for joining me in studio today. I have a feeling we're in for a laugh as we chat about Wing Night at the Boot, which you, Severn, wrote in collaboration with six actors. You directed the play on stage at the Blythe Festival in 2018. And I must admit, I didn't get to see the show live on stage, but there were many points while reading the script that I actually laughed out loud. Like when Justin says in the second act that every time the phone rings, there are six guys gesturing no while they're clearly sitting at the bar. Like, don't <laughs> we're tell not them. here. Yeah, we're not here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and, you know, obviously a tale from pre-mobile phone days. So alongside this play, you're also an award-winning director, actor, theater creator, and associate artistic director of the Blythe Festival. As a director, your past productions include Crayler Girls, Stratford's Here for Now Theater, Measure for Measure, Shakespeare in High Park, Peter Pan, Bad Hats, Theatre and Soul Pepper, and multiple productions for the Blythe Festival, including Team on the Hill, Pigeon King, and Wing Night at the Boot. As an actor, you've performed in theatres across the country, including several seasons at both the Shaw and Stratford Festivals. Also joining us by telephone is Donna Govier, a local and former regular at the Boot, and also the inspiration for the character Connie in the play that you wrote alongside six other actors. Mimicking real life, Connie is one of the regulars at the famed inn. So thank you so much for joining us by telephone to chat about Wing Night at the Boot. The Blythe Festival is known for its original Canadian theatre, but really telling local tales which audience members from the area can typically relate to. That seems to be a priority at the festival. Anyone from Huron County will certainly know about Wing Night at the Boot, because for Huron County folks, it's a well-known fact that Thursday nights is Wing Night, and the Boot is the local name for the Blythe Inn as it's known these days. So I'm just wondering, where did the idea to bring this intangible Huron County tradition to life on the stage come from? Well, the artistic director of the Blythe Festival is Gil Garrett. And I, I don't know exactly when this genius idea hit, hit him, maybe on a Tuesday <laughs> wing night. But uh, he and, and perhaps his wife, Gemma, too, uh, came up with this idea that that is what that that's the next play that needs to uh, to hit the stage. So he told me <laughs> that's all he had was the title <laughs> Wing Night at the Boot. 
And we would create this, uh, it would create this collective is what we call it when we get actors together and we research by interviewing people about mm-hmm. a subject. And this one was this bar and inn um, known as the boot. And which is actually directly across from the Blythe Festival as well, for anybody who's not familiar. Yes. very. When we rehearsed it, we'd just look out the window and there it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, Donna, the character you inspired, Connie, says in the play that the Blythe Inn is not your average bar. And another character, Tom, pipes in to say they call it the gateway to the ring. There's also reference to having a ringside seat. As a regular back in the day, I'm just wondering what a night at the boot would typically entail. Well, a weekend night would start out great. (laughs) (laughs) Until everybody uh, had a few drinks and then all hell would break loose when the Wingham guys came down. Oh, (laughs) what were the Wingham guys known for? (laughs) Lower town Wingham guys and Blythe. Never did get along. Do they to this day, or is that still? Oh, no, to this day, they're all grown-up adults or dead, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why. They always had a feud going, so they'd wait till they had been drinking and then hit Blythe in on a Friday or Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So, of course, the Blythe lads would pick at them until they ended up either wrecking the bar room or going out beside the hotel to Mm. fight. Okay. (laughs) And the next night you might find them somewhere like a Wingham and they would be sitting having a beer together. So I really don't know. (laughs) So it wasn't an ongoing feud. They would just depend it on the evening, I guess. I guess. Mm -hmm. And what were some of your favorite memories from your nights at the boot? Oh, there's a lot of good memories. We met a lot of nice people. Mm -hmm. And we used to have this old chap, Milty Bruce. He'd bring his fiddle and play for us there when there was no entertainment. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine, Izzy, she used to get up on the piano. She wasn't the greatest piano player, but we loved it. (laughs) 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 And we'd be dancing and carrying on as much as Spud would allow us to. Mm-hmm. Spud's <laughs> an important person in the uh, in in the history of the boot. Spud Appleby. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was the he, bou- bouncer? What would you call him? What was his main title? He was a bartender. Oh, okay. A bartender? Or waitress or waiter. Right. And uh, we used to listen to him because Spuddy meant business. <laughs> but he's about the only one that anybody ever listened to. <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds, um, based on some of the stories, it does sound like maybe there was only him. Um, and so he must have been busy when the Blythe boys showed up. Or sorry, oh, when the yes. Wingham guys showed up. Yes. <laughs> we used to do some really bad things in there, like when we'd be out snowmobiling in the winter, we all had wine skins, and we'd go in there and order a pitcher of beer or a bunch of pitchers and fill our wine skins and take them out so we'd have a drink on the trail. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we didn't do that when Spud was there, though. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so- I... I heard that the first time Spud would point, I guess, for for a person to leave, and then after that, you'd be in big trouble if you didn't if you yeah. didn't take oh, the yeah. hint. 
Yeah, Spud had control. And so what years was Spud at the boot? Oh, I don't know. My memories, you should have called me a couple years sooner. My memory's not <laughs> good. <laughs> I think he'd, he'd be there in the '60s, right? Would it would when um when you were there, they they kept the wi- the women and escorts had to sit in a different spot than the uh, oh, than yeah. the men. Is that right? <laughs> yes, the front part of the hotel was the ladies' room, mm-hmm. and the back was the men's. And the men could come into the ladies' room, but we couldn't go in their room. <laughs> oh wow! Not fair. Not fair. And at all. there was also a, a little room if you wanted to liquor called the hub bar that you had to go in there to have a all right any other kind of drink other than beer okay yeah but in the ladies and escort room could you were you served alcohol yep okay just beer though yeah just beer <laughs> <laughs> lots of beer lots of beer eh <laughs> <laughs> oh I remember one night we were in there and a fight broke out in the ladies' part. It was then both. But anyway, I was with a friend of mine and she was just a peace-loving lady and she didn't hardly drink at all. And this big fight broke out and I looked up and there she was dragging this lady by the hair towards the door. Oh, dear. (laughs) And she wasn't even one to do anything like that. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Okay. It, it got pretty wild at times. <laughs> uh-huh, I can imagine. Oh. It's so- and the time, one time I got angry for something, and they always had pickled eggs and uh, sausage up sitting on the bar in the big gallon jugs. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And somebody made me angry, and I was up there talking, and the bartender, bar owner at that time, I don't know whether he was kicking us out or what was taking place, but anyway, I cleared the bar. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and so did you get kicked <laughs> out now, for that? now, all I remember is the, the napkins fluttering down. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You'd smell I, that I, for weeks. Mm-hmm. I told you we were bad. <laughs> we just didn't realize how bad, I guess. <laughs> it, it was, when I think back, you know, I think, oh, my word, have I ever heard of my family acting like that? <laughs> I would be totally upset. <laughs> So, Severn, to write the play uh, with six other actors, you worked from local stories and memories of the now infamous uh, rubber boot and have brought to life quite the lineup of characters that frequented the boot. Going beyond just the Thursday night event, which was the wing night, uh, for example, a character named Pepsi says, you're going to tell me the next time I get caught fighting in the boot, you're going to ban me for life. And he goes on to say, I've already been banned three times. I don't see how a fourth would stop me from coming. (laughs) And another um, named Clutch says, it just isn't the boot without us. So I'm just wondering if you can tell me a bit more about the colorful characters you heard tale of. Yeah, the ownership seemed to switch over fairly regularly in (laughs) in that time. And Donna can can attest to this more. But Mm -hmm. uh, And we heard that there was one owner that came in Havert, maybe I can't. I can't. McTaggart, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, who um, it, 
actually brought in all the regulars. I think Donna, you were one of them that and and gave each each person a talking to, each young regular a talking to about how they were going to <laughs> behave themselves <laughs> at the boot. So uh, that's something maybe Donnie, you could say more. Certainly, mm-hmm. uh, Spud was a big was a, a large character, and and Donna, you and your your friends were. Um, uh, large characters at the time. Uh, can you think of any others? Any other stories? Well, and and people of the time, the characters of the time. I, I heard there was there was a uncle. Was it Uncle Roy? Uncle Roy. He was a regular, right? Yes, he was Uncle Roy to all of us. <laughs> he was everybody's <laughs> uncle. Yeah, he was, and he had a big long beard. <laughs> <laughs> that he shaved once a year, is that right? Yeah, yeah, he did. And Donna, yeah. did you feel that the boot wasn't the boot without you and your crew of young regulars as well? Well, there wouldn't be many in there if it wasn't for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> like, we did behave sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. So most evenings you would know most of the people at the boot? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like even the people from the area around, from Auburn and, and Godreach and different places would come there every weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was, it was a real... just like we were all one big family. I guess we thought we were. Yeah, a real destination, <laughs> yeah. Until outsiders came in. And... <laughs> and then the fights broke out. Yeah. <laughs> and and were you there when there have been a few things? I've heard there was a horse. Somebody brought a horse through that we tried to figure out how they did that or or brought it close by. And then a pig at another point. Were you there for yeah. any of the, the livestock visiting? Yeah. Yes. And one time uh, a friend of ours brought a deer head in. Oh, yes. Put it on the bar. <laughs> yeah. Seemed like a bit of a contest. So did, were you there when the pig went through? Yes, I was. <laughs> what was that like? And the streakers. Uh, yeah, oh. the streakers. The streakers are mentioned throughout um, the the play. <laughs> that did make it in the play, yes. Yeah. So can can you tell me about the streaker and also how did you bring this to life on stage? Okay, Donna, you first. You you were the, the, the eyewitness. <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> and uh, th- the first streaker that went through was a local <laughs> lad, and his girlfriend happened to be sitting with us uh-huh. at the table, and she didn't know anything about it. And then he came through the front door with a mask on. Okay. And work boots and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> she was so angry, she took her diamond off and flung it across the room. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and how did she know it was him or how did anybody know that she she just knew hey the boots <laughs> the funny thing was we asked her if, if she knew by the way he walked or his parts <laughs> oh dear oh my goodness wow yes yeah, so we heard about this and so we thought well, we have to have a, a streaker in our show if we want to really bring this, this, uh, you know, uh, authentic experience of the boot. So we did, I did manage to get one of the actors to volunteer 
<laughs> he sighed and figured it's going to be him. And so he he had a mask and then he but he did have a hat. Okay. To cover the, you know, strategic mm-hmm. uh, yep. point. And then he ran very quickly through the house. <laughs> through the stage and then through the house very quickly. <laughs> Wow. And then one time I was there seeing the show and the one of, I didn't realize there was more than one. I forgot that part, but one of the original streakers, maybe this one who we won't name, but was there in the audience. That was a very special, only I knew that. (laughs) And it was a special day. (laughs) He was a celebrity. Wow. Um, Hmm, that with his clothes be, on, he was fully he was, yes. He, okay, so. nobody knew. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yes, <laughs> Donna. I'm just wondering what it was. What was it like seeing your former stomping grounds play out on the Blythe Festival stage? Then it was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really fun. Yeah. Um, the play was really good. I thought. Was it? And oh yes, I trailed everybody there that I could. <laughs> and so what was the audience response to Wingnut at the boot then? Did audience members express feelings that they could relate? Oh, I think so. I think that, I mean, the the actual building has been there for so long. Mm-hmm. I, I only realized this when we started to research it for the play, that it was one of the first buildings and sites uh, in the town itself. Exactly. And so uh, to realize how important this was for the whole community, whether they were big drinkers or not. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was a lot of fun to do this kind of work because so many people had stories and wanted to share and felt uh, a connection that went much, uh, yeah, went much wider, as, as Donna said, towards other areas of Godridge. Or, yeah, absolutely. Or, yeah, yeah, all around. Here in county-wide. Here on county-wide. It was definitely <laughs> part of, of, the, uh, of the history and of the, the culture of the, uh, of the county. Donna, did you have anybody... Uh, uh, give their reactions to the uh, to the play? Oh, yeah, there was lots. Everybody liked it that I talked to. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because, well, well people in Blyeth are fairly close-knit, you know, and, and at the, in those days, we didn't have anything to do. Right. There wasn't much <laughs> to do, and most of us could just walk up there, <laughs> and that's what we did, go to the boot, and and everybody that went with me or that I talked into going really enjoyed it. Oh, that's so yeah. good to hear. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Oh, another thing you might want to hear about is we, uh, myself and my three girlfriends worked in the turnip field, mm-hmm. pulling right. the rutabagas and trimming them. And anyway, we had these big knives. So if we wanted to win the hotel for a beer after work, of course, we had our knives with us because you had to have your own. <laughs> right. And take it home at night to sharpen it. So we'd go into the bar <laughs> to have a beer on the way home. Uh-huh. And we had to turn our knives in at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a <laughs> good idea. Have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> and then would you pick them up at the end of the night or would you wait until you were on your way to work? No, we had to pick them up. Um, they'd give them to us when we were on our way out. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and that's partially where the rubber boot came from is because a lot of farmers around always wore their rubber. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's there are a lot. There are a few different stories, but that seems to be the the main one. That seems to yes, be the main reason for its because name. Because we always wore our rubber boots in after work. 
when we had the hand in her knives. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh, it sounds like you have some great memories from the oh. the inn. Yes, there was. Mm-hmm. And like I say, we, it wasn't always that rambunctious in there, but mm-hmm. a lot of times on weekends it really was. Well, in the play, it's noted that nights always start at the boot, but they rarely finish there. So would you continue the night elsewhere? And if so, where would you go after starting oh, we would go to somebody's house. Okay. Or we would drive to Clinton to the Elm Haven. Mm-hmm. Right. As if anybody should have been driving. <laughs> right. But we did. Different because times. Because they stayed open an hour later. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Right, of course. And do you, <laughs> do you still go to the boot now? Like, are, would you are you a regular for wing night? Because they still have Thursday nights, right at the at the boot. Yes, they still do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I usually just order them and pick them up because they're fairly busy. Well, mm-hmm. before yes. COVID. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's still a popular spot. Oh yeah, it'd be packed with for wing night. Mm-hmm. So I usually just order them and then go and pick them up. Hmm. Yeah, still tasty, very tasty. Yeah, they are tasty. <laughs> What's your favorite flavor? Honey garlic. Is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, what about some of the events that went on? The Halloween party is mentioned a few times here on County Idol. I'm curious about. So you may not have seen those as much because they were more in the were they in the 90s? I think. Yeah. And maybe the early 2000s. Okay. But they then were we finally got a brain. <laughs> you weren't there quite as much. <laughs> um, they were big events, though, from what I heard. Mm-hmm. They, and, oh, uh, yeah. 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 They, they were a huge draw, and uh, it was very popular. Um, there were still very big nights there, and then finally there was a turning point where it became more of a restaurant than a bar. So mm-hmm. then it, it just has these, these memories of, of the times when it was the wild <laughs> the wild west of the bar days yeah. and nights. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> it's totally different. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. truly is. Um, yeah, for sure. Also, it sounds like there were some romances that took place um, at the boot. You, um, There's some interesting pickup lines that are noted in the script. And I have to say, I'm rather impressed by the character Lou's ability to write Harlequin romances while sat at the boot given all the other action that seemed to be happening at the time. So I'm yeah. just wondering, is this character based on a real patron of the bar? And did her content for her romance novels come from happenings at the boot? Oh, probably. Probably. <laughs> now, the, the person that we interviewed is actually somebody who lives here in Godridge, and, uh, and she was a patron at the boot, and she loves to write romance uh, stories so that's that was the inspiration for for making one of the characters who works there mm-hmm. um, from Donna's time. So that's when we sort of we fictionalized it a bit, and that's what we do is we take different interviews, yeah. different stories and personalities, and we combine them together. So mm-hmm. so yeah, we had a character who did that. Definitely, there's a real person, and definitely her stories are <laughs> are inspired from her time from these boot days. <laughs> so this. It's not just the wing night at the boot play. I mean, the the stories are much wider full. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if she's been published yet, but she should be. They're they're a lot of fun. I was of of the line. Somebody wrote to me one of the pickup lines that she overheard. This was one of the owners of the boot, and she wrote uh, she wrote to me saying that this was a line she heard 
one one girl say to to this guy she said why won't you go out with me is it because we're third cousins (laughs) (laughs) and i thought that was very very and we had a couple of third cousin marriages (laughs) right from the boot from the boot even right there you go okay (laughs) so it's a place to to meet a significant other But, you know, the good part, like the ladies used to all go uptown and get their hair done, the older ladies, Mm -hmm. and they would always go into the booth for a draft beer after the get. Like, it's just strange. Blythe just was like that. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. It was a central central spot for people to gather. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, the stories that we're talking about, some of them just seem unimaginable these days, like what, you know, was included in the the play, Um, particularly tales from Prohibition, when the boot was known as a social club. And as the song Ricky, one of the characters sings, um, it goes, a name to circumvent the law for social drinking men. A third party had to bring the booze in from another county. A bottle would have your name on it and be kept behind the bar. Only you could drink from it, even though you could never touch it. So I'm just wondering, from what years or decades were you hearing tales? Yeah, Donna, do you remember that time? Obviously, it was earlier from when you were going there, when it had to be this... There were different levels of prohibition Mm -hmm. and rules around... Around. Yeah, that would be before me. Yeah, that was before was your... It? Yeah, yes. Because prohibition wasn't here in county until the late 1950s. I think it was the f- 1959. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There were times then when you had to ask somebody else and it could be, I think anybody else. Do you remember this, Donna, where you got them to buy your alcohol because you couldn't buy it for yourself, but you were allowed to buy it for someone else, oddly. So you could bring that across county lines. So people would drive to Stratford, I think, Mm -hmm. or different spots where the rules were slightly different in a different county and bring it back and you had to follow these odd rules so that somebody else if they put a name and held on to your alcohol and didn't drink it themselves then this was okay Okay. and there were so many different i know somebody more from your time donna who or maybe a bit later too where his age he turned 18 just as they changed the age to 19 <laughs> to drink and he never got over it and i think it's the government i forget which government it was but he's never voted for that party his entire life of voting because of that <laughs> when i first started going in there you had to be 21 that's right oh, it wow. was 21 and then i think it went to 18 and then up to 19 yeah hmm. like we used to even use other people's uh birth certificates when we went out of town oh sure yeah all the time (laughs) i I just shake my head when i think back to some of that stuff (laughs) i wouldn't go over in your own town they would know who you were and who your parents were oh yeah yeah (laughs) like i moved here in 1961 okay okay like i got married when i was 17 oh my gosh wow yeah yeah, so, uh... <laughs> and where were you living before that, Donna? I came from Teeswater. Right, okay. right. So mm-hmm. then you came into Huron County. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So we were saying earlier about that the Commercial Hotel is quite an established place. Um, it opened in 1877. Yeah. And 
as one of the characters says in the opening act, the commercial hotel is the grandest hotel in all of Drummond, which was the original name of the village of Blyeth. Yeah. Yeah. What did the hotel, I mean, based on your research, what did it look like and who was passing by when it first opened? Right. Well, it was made out of wood at first. Now, mm-hmm. if you're to go buy it, it's it's made out of cinder, cinder blocks and yep. it's very sturdy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it had it, it had a veranda. It looked it looked quite nice. Um, mm-hmm. And then there were a number of fires that were happening. You know, when everything's made out of wood, yeah. Uh, uh, fires that would come to uh, happen in Blythe, and sometimes it was arsonists, and who mm-hmm. knows why. Mm-hmm. There were five hotels. Uh, during that time, after I think the commercial hotel, which ended up being the boot and yeah. also called the Blythe Inn, was the first. But uh, there were these others as well. So was it competition? We don't know. Mm-hmm. But the owner in, oh, I forget. I'm going to forget the year. But I think in the early 1900s, he was also a fire um, chief. And he decided to uh, rebuild mm-hmm. the uh, the commercial hotel as as a brick yeah. Uh, brick and mortar uh, building that would not burn down and they did avoid the following the following fire <laughs> oh I think that might have been even in the 1880s I'm not sure yeah I'm getting my dates all mixed up but that's when it became that and the other hotels held on for a while but there was a lot of comp- uh, competition mm-hmm. not just for customers but for the licenses so once prohibition came in then only certain I think there were only three out of the five could hold on to uh, a liquor license at one time. So mm-hmm. it did create a lot of competition and animosity during that time. It's interesting that you say that there were a few, and but I do think that actually the Blythe Inn is one of the few that still exists in Heron County from that era. Of the original, yeah, because mm-hmm. there'd be some in Seaforth and yes. Clinton, and yeah, yep. they all had that mm-hmm. in Brussels too. Yep, wow. Yeah. I know it's not uncommon for plays to return to the Blythe Festival stage, any plans to bring Win- Wing Knight to the boot, um, either to Blyeth or even further afield? Yeah, I think it would be fun to to bring it up again and, and as well to uh, take it to other towns because I think this is something that a lot of towns have in common. And, mm-hmm. and it's becoming a, a lost part of our history, too, as, as uh, these, these places close up for different mm-hmm. reasons. But I think it's harder and harder to keep a an establishment like that going yeah. uh, in smaller towns. And so uh, I think it would be fun if it, it would be, cause going. I just think it, it, you know, that hearing the stories from you, Donna, it just, it tells me like what a hub of community mm-hmm. um, it created for the locals. Well, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be a good idea to bring the play back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In any case, we should bring that play back. Mm-hmm. It's true. Once it, once we can all get together more again, that would be fun. Absolutely. Well, that's, I mean, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed hearing about how this came to life, your stories, Donna and Severin, like how, just what you did to bring this little piece of Huron County I don't know. Is it history? Is it just part of our culture? Or... <laughs> it's true. It's all of it. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was so much funny to work. Uh, fun to work on, and uh, so great to be talking with you again, Donna. Because mm-hmm. we had such a good time when Donna and her friends came in to talk to <laughs> us about it. I mean, that was yeah. a show in itself. You could take that on the road. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so you did that over a weekend then, Donna? You were in the studio or in into the, our rehearsal. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we invited some some people into our rehearsal room and they just we gave them I think we 
offered some muffins. That was all <laughs> muffins and coffee, and and, and they took no over and told beer. us. Oh yeah, no draft beer. No Should draft have been. beer. <laughs> have been. You might have heard even more interesting stories if there were draft beer. But yes. well, thank you so much for sharing a chapter of here in County history and living reliving some of your memories from both. Well, boot, I'm glad to do it. But also wing night at the boots. So. Yes. Thank you so yep. much. It's been an absolute pleasure and such a joy to to hear these memories and have some laughs. Thank you very much. My it pleasure. was enjoyable to talk to you. If you're keen to explore the food scene in Huron County, you'll want to know about Tasting Huron County curated food experiences delivered. We do breakfast and picnic deliveries and like to think of these as a delivery from a Huron County-wide farmer's market. All deliveries are abundant and feature products produced right here in the county. But if a walking tour is more your jam, Tasting Huron County's Goddard's Tasting Trail takes visitors on a half-day guided tour of the food scene while mixing in architecture and history. To find out more, visit tastinghuroncounty.ca, that's all one word, for more details. I'd like to thank the Huron Heritage Fund for their support of this podcast. If you're in Huron County, one of my favorite places to wander is the Huron County Museum and the nearby Huron Historic Jail, particularly during special events. And the museum is free for Huron County Library cardholders. I'd like to give a shout out to Community Futures Huron for their support of this podcast. If you're thinking of setting up shop in Huron County, I cannot say enough great things about this team. When I was in the exploration stages of creating a PR agency, event company, tasting here in county, I wasn't exactly sure what, but I gleaned an incredible amount of information from the resourceful Community Futures team before finally settling down in Huron County once again. I'd also like to thank Clint Mackey, Andrew Bauk, Nick Vinicombe, and Mark Hussey at Faux Pop Media who produce and generously support postcards from Huron County. Thank you so much for listening. If you're a fan of Postcards from Huron County, I would be so grateful if you would rate or review this podcast on your favorite channel or share on your social media networks. Just don't forget to tag me at Postcards from Huron County so I can be sure to thank you for helping share my love of Huron County.